I will say, if you are an androgynous woman, um, masculine identified woman, masked person, trans man, anyone that doesn't look like a cis het femme nursing your child in public is going to be difficult sometimes. Um, I feel like I got a lot more flack as someone who dresses like a man or a masked person um, than someone who's femme I've been in everywhere from a Target to <laughs> what's up everybody and welcome to the queerly black show i'm your host ashley and i'm so happy you came by the queerly black show aims to normalize the everyday existence of black lgbtqia plus individuals through an interview style series with regular folks like you and me so every week a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an lgbtqia plus individual thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe download set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, here with some very, very special guests. I got C and D. Y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves to the people. I'm C. And I'm D. And we are Lady Boys and Baby Boy. Um, On social media, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, And yeah, just us and our our three-year-olds. So we make up Lady Boys and Baby Boy. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Well, thank y'all for coming on the show. We're gonna get, we're gonna jump right in. Okay, we don't waste no time. Let's do it. Let's do we'll it. Jump right in. Okay, so let's talk about when was your first, both of you guys, when was your first encounter with your sexuality? So, this is not when you came out, but when you first were like, mm, I think I'm into the ladies. When was that for both of you? You might want to answer that first. Why me? Like, because you, I feel like you had that awareness well before I did. <laughs> know if I had the awareness um I didn't even know it was a thing I just liked watching okay I guess I was aware see see um so I used to watch flicks a lot <laughs> like sneak and watch flicks I should say I'm um, starting to let's do it and it was always like me sneaking to watch playboy and all of that and none of my friends were talking about that so I just was like oh well it's just sex I thought it was just sex I didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it as far as like oh I like a specific thing to watch which are women so um that's when it started for me when I was probably what six seven o'clock uh six seven years old um, staying up late, watching Real Sex, watching Playboy and things like that. Always specifically wanting to see the intimate scenes with women's bodies, especially voluptuous women's ass, titties, all of that. Wait, can we say ass and titties on here? You can say whatever you want to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figured they would boost it out if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I needed to know what we yeah. work for. Yeah, just be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> So that so was basically kind of you was like, out like, there, you was watching cartoons and you just happened to go a little too far on the channels. You was yeah. like, oh, wait a minute now. It's a different yeah. kind of cartoon. Mm-hmm. This, this is a little different right here. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it for me. Yep. All right. What about you, um, I think that my sexuality was something that evolved over time. So while I was, I would say highly sexual very early, um, I wasn't aware of being able to be responsive or even really attracted to women until college Mm. that's when it all kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks it was kind of like I didn't know that I liked cheese until I had (laughs) cheese you know what I mean and I mean that's easy were you dating guys before that 
Pardon? Were you dating guys before that? I was exclusively. Yeah. Were you, because I'm at, because because you and I look similar, right? So people would assume, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I, I've been gay my whole life, right? So that, that's, that's what it is. So people, when, when I came out, it wasn't a thing. It was just like, okay, like, thank you. But for you and other women who, you know, present more masculine, there's this assumption that like every one of us, you know, knows that super early, but that's not true. And I've talked to people who've had a similar experience as you was like, no, like I was dating dudes. I was not, chicks was not a thing. Then I had the thing and I'm like, okay, wait a minute now. We found the missing piece. Exactly. <laughs> so so where, did you have to have conversations um, or how, how did it go for you kind of uh, coming into your sexuality or under, having a full understanding of it a little bit later? Um... Wow. I wouldn't even say that I'm at a place where I have a full understanding of my sexuality. I won't even be arrogant enough to speak something speak, like speak that. Speak on it, man. Speak because on that. Because I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, things are just constantly evolving as I experience more, as I learn more as an individual and in my marriage. Um, who knows what, you know, might get me going in five years, 10 years from now. But, you know, presently, um, as a queer andropansexual person, I feel like I'm settling, like I'm feeling more, I'm feeling more comfortable than I've ever felt before. But like you said, for everyone, it's, it's different. Some people know they're queer when they're five. And then for me, I put it all together around 21. So some people will say I'm a late bloomer, but I still feel very authentic in my queerness, you know, yeah, like yeah. I like, like people. Um, yeah. And I just so happen to settle with the same sex partner. Yeah, no, but that's the journey, right? Is that like, it's not, black and white for most people but that's why like i think if, if people accepted that there would be less of a left less of a reaction even when you know if a, if a straight woman you know gets a divorce and her next partner is not the same sex as her previous partner or and vice versa right if people understood that that journey is ever growing and you you know what you know and then you continue to explore yourself and you know a little bit more um see is that the same for you in terms of just the journey of sexuality and it continuing to evolve? It is. Uh, I started out dating only exclusively men because that's what you do when you're growing up. Um, but it wasn't until college that um, when I met my wife, uh, Segway, um, <laughs> when I would say is when I finally like actually started thinking about women sexually, like trying it, like actually going for it. Um, but prior to that, it was, I only thought about boys, but it's ever changing. Um, I identify as a queer pansexual. Um, so it's ever, I'm fluid all the way around, but it's ever growing. Nice. So I'm gonna take a, a little bit of a, a, a deep dive into that real quick. Um, pansexual, what, what is that? The, like define that um and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of all of the types of partners that are encompassed in pansexual because people are familiar with like you know lesbian bisexual gay transgender right pansexual is a uh one that people are not as um in, informed of describe that <clears throat> excuse me describe that for you guys um well you know everyone describes things differently but for me i feel as though um, pan just makes it, to, to say I'm pan just makes it clear that I'm open to dealing with all sorts of different individuals not based on their gender identity or their sex. 
Um, so that is how I understand and express my pansexuality. Um, you know, hearts, not parts. So it's, it doesn't really matter um, physically what a person is dealing with. Um, it's more like an energy sort of thing. And I'm an andropansexual. So um, as an androsexual, I tend to be more attracted to people that are masculine presenting or masculine identified. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be a man. So still very much pansexual. Same for me, uh, pretty much I go for the person, not necessarily the gender or the, what they were born with. I'm here for the person. And I, 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 it went from me being straight to bi to gay, just straight up gay. And then I'm like, no, I'm not gay because mm. I still like what I like. I just didn't know what to call it. Um, but I think pansexual works for me. Nice. So, uh, and pan includes, like you guys said, pretty much everyone in terms of the, the spectrum, you can kind of define what that looks like for you. Um, <laughs> so how do you manage, or do you, do you, um, how do you manage that in your relationship? Right? Because I'll give you an example. So me and my wife are both lesbians. So I know that not that there's any competition, right? But she likes a certain type of woman. I like a certain type of woman, right? How do you manage uh, the spectrum of possibilities outside of yourselves, right? So, um, are there how 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 does that how does that how does that go as you continue to evolve in your in your sexuality? You you wanna. Um, I would say because we've been together so long, we're friends, we were friends first, um, then we got married, we are comfortable with each other enough to um, have a safe space to, um, if, to express what it is that we're interested in, um, and the other person's always has a listening ear, and we are not the type of couple that will go by the book when it comes to sex. Um, I would say we are kind of just open. We're sex positive people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What book? That, what book? Right. I think that um, <laughs> when you're talking marriage, people think that um, attraction and sexuality is supposed to be limited because you're married. Um, I'm, we're, we're romantically and sexually exclusive to one another, to be clear. However, if we are out in the world and something looks good, it's not like it doesn't look good because we're married. That's right, right. Just false. Like, that's weird. You still have eyes. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm married and I did. Right. Um, so <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, being two pansexual married persons is no different than being, you know, two cishet married persons or two lesbian married persons because who we have eyes for more than we have eyes for anyone else is each other. So it's kind of like how people say, you know, well, is it difficult for a bisexual person or someone who's attracted to multiple genders to be in a committed relationship? No, I've not found it particularly difficult to be committed. Um, and this is coming from someone who I'm, in my nature, I am poly. Chanel C has a mono nature and we're still in a monogamous marriage. Um, we don't have partners outside of one another, um, but we're also best friends. So like Chanel was saying, we're comfortable in the event that something like that were to arise or someone wanted to do a little dibble, a little dabble, you know, that's a conversation <laughs> that we would have, but right, it's just, um, 
we've been married almost 10 years in May and we've not felt the need to have that conversation yet. We're very much satisfied with what we've got going on here. So I just feel like, you know, I've got eyes for this person, this person has eyes for me. So it doesn't make being pan difficult. You know, I just, I know what I want. And that's yeah, I love that. I, want that. I love that. I love that because to your point, when you are, um, you know, bisexual people, that that's one of the areas where I've, I've even personally been educated a lot by my friends about just, uh, you know, for me, like the question of, oh, you know, um, could you be with a, a certain type of person? I'm like, I don't know. I've been with the same partner for this, for me and my wife been together for 13 years. I don't know. Right. But I think that having that perspective, like, listen, my exclusivity is to this person. So it doesn't matter what else is happening outside of this. Like, this is where I'm at right now. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, being poly by nature. So how did you discover that within yourselves and you guys both, you know, uh, see your, you know, monogamous by nature, your po your poly by nature. How did you figure that out after, and you guys have been together for so long and you're young. So talk about yeah. that. Well, for me, I, um, I knew I was poly as soon as I realized I was having crushes and like liking people. I just didn't have the language for it. It was kind of like how Chanel, <clears throat> if Chanel had the language to identify as queer earlier or an understanding or concept of that, that might've happened. I just didn't have the language for what that was. Like I knew that I could really, really like someone, but then I could also really, really like someone else and then really, really like someone else. And it just seemed like no one else that I knew at the time was kind of like emotionally structured that way where they could spread it around, um, spread their love and affection around and not feel like they were, um, losing anything or that it, it was being cheapened in any way. And that's just my nature. I don't, I don't struggle um, to manage multiple intimate relationships or multiple romantic relationships. I never have. Um, and I've never had to be a liar or a cheater. Um, when Chanel and I first started dating, Chanel was not the only person that I was dating. When I continued to date Chanel and someone else simultaneously. So it's not like, um, you know, it was like this big aha moment or anything like that. I just think when I finally found the language, I was like, oh, so that's that's what it is. Like I'm naturally just a polyamorous person. Um, so that is that is my nature. But I found within the past, um, you know, decade of our marriage and then some 14 some odd years of us being sexual and being romantic in total, um, that I'm obsessed with this person and that, you know, like primarily I, I just- You got the I, saucy. Yeah. It's hard to really look at too, too much else. Like there you it's go. Done for me. So she said, "I'm more than I'm more than enough. I'm three people. I'm six people." And, <laughs> it, and it's just the, it's the duality in this person. It's the balance. It's the masculine and feminine. And the being non-binary. So many of my needs are met in this one individual that my poly nature isn't feeling like it's dissatisfied because I have other intimate relationships outside of my marriage that are very deep and passionate and intimate that are not sexual. So I still feel like I'm a poly person when it comes to my, my romance and how I'm like, you know, how I love all my people and my core and my tribe, but there's only one person that I'm, I, I, I want to touch their private parts. That's only, it's only one person. <laughs> you talk, you talk, your other relationships, you're talking about your friendships and kind of like yeah. your, your, okay. I, I, I won't clear that, for, clarify that for people. Oh, I yeah. want to think of you on plenty Once of fish again. or something like that, talking to people. I just want to make sure we clear that up. <laughs> Once again, to be very clear, as a poly person, I can have multiple different romantic or emotional, intimate relationships that aren't sexual. Yeah. And romance as well, to be clear, romance doesn't necessarily mean uh, boy, girl, 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 
cookie cutter romance is just anything that feels luscious and it's when your best friend gives you flowers or you know it's when you know your sister's going through a hard time and you just take her on a girl's trip and everything is about them like that is that is romance that's the stuff that makes life sweet so you can have multiple relationships like that with multiple people um and it not not be sexual so I just I, I want to have sex with one person and that's what I've been doing for the past decade you know I'm, I'm rocking with it Absolutely. See you more than enough. See, see it's 10 people in one. <laughs> no other, no need for anyone else. <laughs> so the moral of the story, people, is if you're poly, you got to get somebody who understands and that's 10 people in one. Boom. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So as it relates to your family, um, your, 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 you guys have a son. Um, your son is, I'm assuming you're, how, how did your son come to your union? Um, we have a known donor who's a friend of ours um, who donated and we inseminated Dee a few years back um, and she carried him. So that's how he came about. Awesome. Awesome. How was that? How was that for you, Dee? Um, I personally... <laughs> My wife is is is, is uh, feminine presenting. I'm you know masculine presenting. I personally have no desire <laughs> to carry. Um, that's never been something that I personally have wanted to um, a journey I've never wanted to to go down. But I'm always interested <laughs> in learning about other people's uh, you know journeys and the the motherly part of um, of you that that kind of arises as you go through that process. And then when you then talk about the the breastfeeding, because um, I know that you've been very open about um, you know breastfeeding your son and how it's absolutely ridiculous that people make it a thing when a woman wears a baggy t-shirt, but a regular you know femme with a halter top can feed her son and it's no big deal. So talk about that too. Um, what I will say is that the the yummy motherhood feelings that you're talking about that evolve didn't evolve with me. I was born with them. Like I, I wanted to be a mother from the time I, I was cognizant of like what motherhood was. Um, it's a dream come true to be able to carry um, to term and, and birth the way I wanted to birth and follow my birthing plan and nurse my son. My son is three and a half come June and he's still nursing. So cute. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so cute. Thank you. Um, <laughs> It's, it's been beautiful. Um, there was some tumultuousness as to be expected with any journey to parenthood and breastfeeding. You know, there was lactation consultants and, you know, some postpartum depression. I mean, the whole nine, there, there are things that happen um, before, during, and after while you're carrying. But the whole ride has just been a blessing and it's been beautiful, even with some of the things that were difficult. And I would never, ever, ever perpetrate it. And I do I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm shaking the desire to want to put myself through that again. Um, <laughs> but Ch Ch Chanel is next up. So I feel like they'll likely carry our next child. And for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. They don't want to, then I'll, then I'll, I'll do it again. Awesome. Awesome. I'll definitely Ready do it again. Oh, as far as the breastfeeding goes, I will say if you are an androgynous woman, um, masculine identified woman, masked person, trans man, anyone that doesn't look like a cis het femme nursing your child in public is going to be difficult sometimes. Um, I feel like I got a lot more flack as someone who dresses like a man or a masked person. 
um, than someone who spam I've been in everywhere from a Target to a McDonald's to a place of worship. Like there was no space that was like, <laughs> I just felt completely comfortable. Someone was being inappropriate or saying something inappropriate or just making me feel uncomfortable. Um, nevertheless, pretty much all every state on the East Coast has seen my breasts at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm not deterred, nor is my child. Um, when a babe want to boob, a babe want to boob. There you go. And that's just what it's going to give. So, you know, people going to have to move around. Masculine mothers, androgynous mothers, trans fathers. We're going to nurse our kids. Right. And y'all just going to have to get over it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> they exist. And so, you know, and I think, you know, shout out to you for, you know, continuing to, to brave that journey because a lot of times, you know, people just fold to the pressure and they don't continue to press forward and say, look, we exist. This is what's here. Like, get used to it. This is this is uncomfortable for you, but whatever. It's uncomfortable for you to be looking at me. So we both uncomfortable. So here we go. But my but at the end of the day, my child got to get fed. So get yeah. over yourself. Um, yeah. Um, you ready, C? <laughs> I mean, I did put it off for a while. Like, I knew it off the rip that she'd be the one um, to carry first and possibly all of the children um, because I, like you, I never had, well, maybe when I was young because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. But then as I got older, I was just like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want to go through that whole nine, 10 months. I don't want my body to go crazy. Like, I just was real vain, I would say, when I was younger. But now as I got, I'm, getting older I'm like okay I think I could do this like let me stop being a oh you know I don't want to say a bitch but <laughs> I feel like I was being for a very long time now not the band word right that's what you want to say yeah um so like now I'm now that I'm older I watched her go through the process I'm like okay I pledged. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Right. Oh um, that's 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 what's up. Well, I wish you well on that journey, and uh, I, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Rooting for you. Rooting for both of y'all. Um, so let's talk a little bit about self love. Um, the, you're very expressive. Um, and, and talk a lot about, uh, you know, being comfortable with who you are, obviously, even through the breastfeeding journey. Um, just talk about both for both of you, your journey to self-love and especially um, given, uh, you know, some of the um, complexities of, you know, expression and, and being queer and just as we all go through this journey of fully coming into ourselves for you guys personally, what have been some of those things like, I know as early as um, in terms of recognizing that, you know, difference, right? I remember I was at me, I was at Walmart with my aunt and uh, we were going Christmas shopping and just like, you know, buying Christmas stuff, whatever, you know, they always have like a McDonald's in the, the Walmart. So we go into the Walmart, to the McDonald's and we're sitting there and she's like, you know, you're so normal. And I was like, what? <laughs> right? Like what? And she was saying, She's like 50 something years old. So she's saying this in reference to all of the other queer people that she's encountered. She's like, you know, she's used to seeing certain imagery on TV of how people are, you know, queer has this like salacious, like, oh, everybody's just like, it's just this 
very, very not positive perspective. And so encountering me, I went to college, I have, you know, like I live a life, I pay bills, I go to Walmart, you know, I have a car, I'm normal, right? (laughs) I buy Christmas toys, I see my mom on a regular, like, you know, I love my sisters, I love my family. And it's like, what do you like? So what has that journey been for you all with uh, just coming into yourself, being comfortable with yourself, understanding self-love in that whole process? You go first. No, I was going to ask you to go first. Oh, okay. Um, well, it took me quite some time. I've always been sort of a tomboy in a sense. I never played sports like that, but as far as dressing is concerned, um, I've always been like a, being from Jersey, you know, it's jeans and sneakers all day every day so it's cold <laughs> hello right like we good um so for a long time that's just how I presented um but it wasn't until I got to college that I started modeling that I got into more of a feminine side but I that's also during the time that I realized like okay I do have this duality within myself um she's more self-reflective than I am um as I got older and we were growing in our relationship she was like asking me certain things about myself and I'm like it got me to thinking like hmm and paying attention to the duality within myself and not denying that I do have masculine and feminine within me energies within me so once I got that into my head and I, it took a while for me to accept, but it made me understand like why I am the way that I am, why did I present the way that I present, why I come off the way that I come off, um, especially like in previous relationships, I was called saying that I was a dude in a relationship when I was with guys. Um, and so it just made more <laughs> sense. Like things started to click. <laughs> Like, I'm not, just because I look this way doesn't mean that that's what I'm giving off as far as energies is concerned. Um, I very much am masculine, um, and, but also feminine as well. Um, so it took some time to uh, accept that a part as a part of myself. I think once I turned 30, that's when it really clicked for me. Like, okay, this is who I am. And I love myself. 30 and do that to you. 30, hey, you're like, you know what? Yeah. I really don't give a fuck what you got to say. And that's what it <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> yep. You just stop caring about how other people see you. Like at first it was my family. Like I was not afraid to come around my family and be who I am and be with who I want to be with. Um, so once I got who like accepted that, then I was just like, well, you know what? F these people. I'm going to live my life. You only get one to live. Not everybody's the same. People need to stop living in a box and thinking everything's black and white when it's the whole rainbow. Like it's all kinds of people out here. So just accept people for who they want to be. And that's just how I feel about it. So it took a while, but I'm here and I'm loving it. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Thanks to you too, because you saw me early on. But I love you. So it's like, and we were Alan's best friends. Like it's hard not to see like your best friend for like who they are like i don't know clothes and it just appearances just trip people up like so much i i I don't know i never understand it i I think that it was hard for me to get to a place of of not understanding myself but really loving and appreciating myself for everything that comes along with being me um i think early on i got the message that so much of what i was just wasn't good i am 
large for a woman. Women are supposed to be small and dainty. I'm, I'm fat. Um, I'm black. Um, you know, I'm neurodiverse. Um, I'm queer. Like, there's just so many things that I was like, well, you know, nothing about anything I'm ingesting says that I am worth very much at all. <laughs> so I feel like it was a journey. Like, it was more of a fight to, like, reclaim pride in things that people have told you for so long are not something that you should take pride in, let alone um, love yourself for. Um, so yeah, I think that the journey to love was very difficult for me, but I'm there now. I love myself very, very much. Um, and I take better care of myself spiritually and mentally and physically than I have before when I just was, I think, being poisoned against myself. Um, in a way that I had to like really work through and, and, and rehab my whole spirit through. So now I'm, I'm comfortable. I love myself. I love my partner. I love the family that we're building and the values that we have to pass on to our children. Um, and self-love and honoring self is number one. That comes first. We want our child to know that you're loved, you're beautiful, and you have to feel those things within you so that people know how to treat you. Um, so now that I feel like we're more settled in our identities and, you know, love ourselves and feel better about who we are, we'll be better able to parent our children and, um, you know, mentees and anyone that comes under our influence and just show them that self-love is, is priority. It's number one. And then no one can poison you against yourself. If you know from the beginning that you the shit. Awesome. I love it. So LGBT advocacy. Yes. How'd you guys, how'd you guys get started? Hmm. Just woke up gay and was like, you know what? <laughs> That's it. You know what? No. Um, so, <laughs> no, literally just, just running our mouths in spaces and just being open to conversation. And people was like, you know what? We like the things that y'all have to say. We like how y'all bring people together. Um, we like how y'all promote family. Uh, to touch back on what you said about how when people envision LGBT community, they think um, you know, salaciousness and debauchery and all this fast life and sex. And absolutely, we do all of that stuff, as does everybody. <laughs> right. However, like we're not, <laughs> we're dynamic. Yeah. There's so much within community. You know what I mean? A lot of us are, you know, super conservative. A lot of us are religious. A lot of us are families. Like a lot, it's just, it's not, it's not what people are making it out to be all the time. And we were really just wanting to advocate for more people to be brought in front of um, a camera in a sense and like just have a lens on them so people can see like, this is what you're being presented and this is what's really out here. These are the humans that are out here. These are your neighbors. These are your friends, your coworkers, the people you worship with, like they're normal. Um, and I just think that normalizing two queer people having a family and masculine women carrying and breastfeeding, like all the things that like we just naturally are um, that we get kind of negativity for was part of the motivation as well. Like, well, we normal taxpaying citizens like anyone else, why are we having to deal with all of this just to go to Target? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so I think that, that that's part of the motivation as well. Just wanting um, us ourselves to live better, but also wanting to, to not have our children go through these experiences that they happen to be queer. Making a better world for LGBTQ plus persons that come after us because they deserve it. They Absolutely. deserve all the stuff that we never had. And so that's what it's about. Absolutely. And th thank you for, for continuing to, to do that and share and advocate. Because one of the things I'm finding, too, is that people are learning more about themselves. Like, 
I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I found is that, especially with uh, straight people in particular, is they ask or they're they're curious about like how we start our families, right? Yeah. Because they're assuming that every straight couple has their kids the same way. Yeah. They're assuming that they all <laughs> just have sex and then there's a baby. Not understanding that a lot of them have to have their kids the same way we have to have ours. So many. You know, and that's not something that's revealed until you're queer and you're in those spaces and you see straight couples and you're like, I'd have never thought, I'd have never thought it took you a year to have a baby or I'd have never thought you had to go through IVF or I'd have never thought your husband had a little sperm counsel. He's actually not even the biological father of the kid, you know? And I think that when straight people understand that your neighbor probably, you know, has, has had their kid the same way I did, there will be a lot less, um, of, of, of a gap in terms of knowledge. And so, you know, again, just thank you for continuing to share and show different perspectives because a lot is revealed through that process. Um, and so just, you know, continue to do that. So there's that self-reflection kind of goes back to, um, you know, in, in a lot of, in a lot of spaces, you know, that, that the, the movable middle, you know, and when we, the movable middle being just straight people or, or people who are not in this community who, want that understanding um and and even you know obviously queer people who need advocacy and people who need support you know so i think it kind of serves a a double purpose um because there are a lot of people who are straight who want to understand more you know they're like it's just not something that's in my realm of understanding i really want to know and to have a, a trusted source like you know you guys continuing to share um is 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 really important so thank you for that um we, we're close to the end. I, I got two more questions for you guys. Um, first question is, if you had a theme song for your life, what would it be? Oh, well, my personal theme song, like for me, yeah, like my yeah. life, mm-hmm. I've had the same one since 1992. <laughs> Which, Which is? Hat to the back. Oh, yeah, duh. I shouldn't know. TLC. Everything is talking about, that's me. Flat out. I do what I want. I don't remember that song. I'm I gonna dress how to I want. Oh my god, you oh, gotta honey. listen to me. I don't remember. It. I, I I remember that title. I feel like I do, but I got I haven't heard that song in so long. I gotta go listen to that it first right album. There. It's on we want a TLC tip, 1992. Hat to the back. It's quintessentially me. Like if I could pick one lady boy anthem for myself and how I like move through the world and present myself and express myself, it would probably be that song. It would definitely be that song. For me, no. For mine, for you, oh no! I want to hear this. That's a good. I want to hear this. First thing that came to mind was, like, it's golden. Living my life like it's golden. Oh, just that's a a fire song. It is. I don't know. Just it is fire. I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, Jilly from Philly. But makes sense, Jilly. I mean, you know. East Coast, you know, Philly. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. The vibe. I get the vibe. I get the vibe. I got in, it. In a sense, I get like I feel like you just you've come so far in your life, like from when we like when we met, when I met you, you know what I mean? Like now you're in your golden age. Like you can just be yourself and do what you want to do and take the risks that you want to take and parent your kid the way you want to parent them. You have a kid, like right. <laughs> just all these things that we were dreaming up when we were 17. Like you have them now. 
Yeah. So in a way, you are in your golden age. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's great for you. Thanks. I love it for you, babe. Yeah, it's you. a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. Awesome. So last question is a piece of advice you have for someone on their own queer journey. On their own queer journey? Mm-hmm. Take your time. Um, do some self-reflection. Don't let society put you in a box for what they think you are. Try to figure out who you are and be true to yourself. Love that. That's what I would say. That's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, because all I would really say is just expounding upon that. Like you have to understand and give yourself that grace of identity and that full self-awareness and alignment being a process. It has to be um, given grace and, you know, we deserve delicacy and we need to give that to ourselves, especially when we're seeking inward and we're really just trying to find where we fit and paths that we want to go down and also be open because some things that we think we put together, we are only scratching the surface of. So you need to be patient with yourself and you need to be open. Um, And I think the last bit that I would want to contribute is to be patient um, and just understanding of the people that we love who are catching up, um, who have difficulties conceptualizing certain things. I mean, just think about how as a queer person, heteronormativity is so powerful that some of us spend decades piecing together our identities. And then we reveal these innermost parts of ourselves to people who thought they've known us for these decades. So we need to have that same sort of patience with them um, when it comes to conceptualizing other things and not taking everything um, you know, that doesn't work out or come together the first time you explain it as a hit or a negative. Just be patient. It's all a process and it's all gonna come together um, beautifully as long as you're true to yourself and you love yourself and put yourself first. Amen. Major key. The patience is key because that's the one I've had to work on because I'll block somebody quick. So thank you for, for reiterating that. That's super, super important. Um, awesome. So tell the people where they can find you. Lady Boys and Baby Boy on Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, TikTok. Um, I'm Zaddy C. Reigns on Instagram. And I'm Mama D. Knows on Instagram. And Lady Boys and Baby Boy. Um, is with an I for lady boys and a Y for baby boy. Um, and you can find us there, chat with us. You know, we talk, we talk, we talk back. We talk to you everybody. Like, like people are so scared. Like it's weird that people couples reach out to us for advice, which is the whole point of all of this because representation matters. Yeah, like people DM yeah. us and be like, can we talk to y'all? And I'm right. like, yeah, talk to us. We like love it. we talk back. Right. We're real right. people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we've connected with so many other people like that are extended families at this point. Like you've already had some of our family on your show, like the pieces. Um, you know, that's been beautiful. Like people that we can relate to that CS when they reach out like hey um so what's up distant family and I'm like hey distant family what's up neighbor like we don't have to be distant like let's yeah. make let's connect as but as black queer people especially as parents it's harder for us to like find community so when people that are on a path to parenthood or our parents themselves like reach out and find us and connect like we stay bonded and I'm just I'm loving that so mm-hmm. yes reach out hit us up we love awesome. the chat yeah for sure y'all hit them up i'll have all their links in all the descriptions and everything so just find them on any platform that you are on well we've reached the end i want to thank you c and d lady boy and baby boy 
for joining me on this platform. Um, y'all already know. This is another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. <laughs>